There's benefits to being, call it overfunded, and benefits to bootstrapping it. And so I'm a little bit more biased towards the bootstrapping because that's what we did. But it also allowed us to create a much more efficient business right out of the gate and really test our model. Hello and a warm collisions YYC. Welcome to my guest this morning, Miss Lisa Krasuski. How are you, Lisa? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Oh, thanks for coming on. We've chatted before. You and I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, honored to call you a friend. We've known each other for quite a few years. You run an amazing business in Calgary, which we're going to talk about a little bit, and something that I think is, is, is needed, and I think more people need to get on board with. So this is going to fit two folds today. This is my passion for health, wellness, and longevity, and taking care of oneself, coupled with my passion for business and all the nuance of getting an amazing idea off the ground to the point that everyone else in your marketplace also realizes it's an amazing idea. So you are the founder at Eon uh, Future Health, and I'm going to jump in the pitch elevator. What is it all about? What do you guys do? What's your, what are you passionate about? And what gets you guys out of bed in the morning? Well, we are, are Canada's premier longevity and health optimization clinic. Nice. We have brought in uh, lots of new technologies and leading edge protocols, all focused on optimizing health now so that you feel good immediately but are also prepared for the future and can have a really long, what, what, what everyone's starting to hear about, which is health span. So mm-hmm. let's stay as, as young and healthy as possible for as long as possible. Oh, very well done. You've been in the elevator, you've been in the pitch elevator before. That was very succinct and very, um, so right off the bat, how long have you been around? How many years? This is year three. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. You've already beat a significant number of statistics about new businesses and survival. So nice, nicely done. Speaking of longevity, you, you, you're lasting. And I know you're growing. So you are just in the process. And I just saw this. I knew this because you told me it was coming. But I saw it on your Instagram uh, this morning or last night that you guys are also spinning up a new facility. So not only have you survived the three years, but you're thriving and growing and you're expanding, right? That's right. We're pretty excited about it. So we're doubling our space and start building out a new facility. Uh, you know, similar part of Calgary. We're in Mission right now, but we'll be a little bit more into the the Beltline area, so closer to downtown. Okay. And um, I mean, I I think it's interesting because when you follow startups anyway anywhere, I feel like we we follow a similar path regardless of industry, regardless of whether you're in tech or whether you're in um, bricks and mortar, which which is where we're at in that, you know, you test your your product or you test what your offering is, you see how the market responds, and then you go from there. And so we, we had the pleasure of doing that during COVID, which <laughs> left a lot of question marks for us. But uh, yeah. over the last year, we've, we've really seen the interest that Calgarians have in in doing new things, being on the the leading edge of of the technologies that are out there that are going to help them lead productive, healthier, happier, and um, high performing lives. So we're, we're running with that. I love it. Um, and just for the audience, we're going to talk a little bit about the business and some of the nuance, but we are going to get into some of this this emerging this like bleeding edge technology and some of the things that you brought in. So for the listeners, we will get to that. But I want to really geek out on the business side in those three years. Obviously, you've stuck, you've stayed true to who you are and why you exist. But how many times have you had to, and maybe you don't have a clear number, pivoted during that time to go, okay, well, this this way we're packaging it is maybe not really resonating. We're going to try this. Like back to your story about we follow similar trajectories. How much has that been a road of change and being like, okay, we tried it. It didn't work the way we wanted. We're going to try something different. Do you have kind of clear milestones when you think back over the three years? 
I do actually. Yeah. So, I mean, we started basically right when COVID hit. So April, I think I was just finishing the um, renovation of our current facility in Mission. And then we postponed opening thinking, oh, you know, how how long is this? Could this possibly go, (laughs) this pandemic thing? Um, And then when it seemed like it was taking a while, we we opened anyway in, you know, August, September. And at that point, you know, I wasn't fully set up with uh, the medical team that I ultimately wanted, but we had a lot of our technologies available. And so we thought, let's see how Calgary and the market responds to a new way of looking at health and trying to explain to people, hey, there's different approaches that you can take, different technologies you can use for health. And so at that time, we opened in a a bit more of what I call a self-directed way, uh, Mm, where people would come to the facility, they'd work with coaches, they'd use the technologies, and we had a surprising amount of uptake. And maybe that that's what I would have called our, okay, we've got some product market fit at that point. Yeah. And I was pretty quick to realize, though, it's not where we wanted to stay. And if we stayed in this come for, come try the rides, as, as I called it, come try <laughs> out this specific technology without that guidance from a medical team uh, who could really create a plan for you and, and make sure you got the health outcomes you wanted, this was just going to become a commodity-based business because you know, at that point it was un- kind of using some terms it was unbundled in terms of like i could do and i and i know this because i experienced it i could try a little bit of ride a i could try a little bit of ride b and try c versus versus bundling it together into very specific health health outcomes and desired directions and then therefore then you use that so you kind of went with an unbundled approach first and then bundled then bundled it into something tying closer to maybe the longer term goals of your of your customers that's right. Okay. And that was the big call it business model pivot mm, was okay. we brought on our medical director, uh, who is a you know, great physician in Calgary and brought on, a, we've since brought on a couple more, uh, MDs, some naturopathic doctors. We've got a full comprehensive health team now that looks at your internal, your blood biomarkers and your health first, and then assigns a program to you. So they find they find the best program and they're looking not only at what can we do in facility, but how do we treat outside of the facility? Some people only need hormone support or medication support and supplement support. Some others need pretty pretty direct um, intervention, let's say, just so they can feel better right away. And some people love like the quick fitness hits that they get that we know are going to support their health goals long term but it's not going to suck up all the time they have they can still do some of the classes they like but but now they've got a much more focused health and fitness program so yes we've we've turned gone completely program based uh, and that was a big shift in business model and it, it pretty much resulted in having to restart like start <laughs> it felt like starting from scratch again like you know you watch your revenue drop back down to near zero as you rebuild things and look for entirely new customers it's a yeah it's a unique feeling and so 
in that moment, like I love to talk about the nuance behind the nuance. Like, oh yeah, no, we just got through it. But as a founder and as a, as someone driving those decisions, what kept you going during that time where you're like, ugh, like that can feel very daunting, when, especially if you had some early wins, but realized that those wins were a bit of false flags and it actually wasn't what was going to be the long-term business. One, you've got to have a funding model that supports it. You've got to have either investors or partners. How was that for you as the founder? Did you have full support or were those some of those moments where like, this is, I just got to do this and I'm going to carry that weight of that decision on my shoulders until we prove it out one, one way or another. Uh, what were some of your strategies to get? Because for any founders listening, we've all been in that place or entrepreneurs of any kind. How did you get through that? Oh, that's a great question. I did have good support. So I have a, a co-founder and partners in the business and they were super supportive. Huh. And some of it's really not thinking about it as, oh, this is my decision. Like I moved uh, okay. us into this new model uh, which I did. I just didn't look at it that way. I made the call. <laughs> they supported me, but I believed that they provided a really good sanity check. So if I was truly making the wrong decision, I felt like I had a great support structure in place that would have caught that. So I, I believed in it wholeheartedly and, and went for it. The other thing that I would say you, you must hear from most founders is we're, we're very optimistic people. <laughs> And it comes with the territory or it needs to. Yeah, absolutely. It does. Yeah. And you walk into things with a bit of naivety and that naivety helps you because, you know, you never go think about how bad it could get. Uh, well, you're thinking about the risks, but not from the perspective of, of failure, but from creating success. And so that's how we walked into it. But it was hard. And the irony of the whole thing is, I mean, I really started eon from a place of personal passion so moving away from oil and gas and the the corporate setup that i had or career that i had set up for myself and i had uh, it was a place of passion because i've had so many health issues mm-hmm. and in building eon i i near nearly killed myself from a health perspective because it was super stressful it was absolutely more than someone who has a chronic illness can, can take on. Um, but it always helps not knowing that like walking in a little (laughs) blind, a little naive and just getting it done. And having partners that backed your play. And I don't want to ever underestimate the value of that. Like it is being an entrepreneur, being a founder can be very lonely, but it it also doesn't have to be if you're also willing to surround yourself and lucky. And I'm going to say fortunate enough, like, cause not that, you know, I, I believe in luck, but it's tied directly to my work effort. I always think, but you can be very fortunate. I've had a very good, I've had an amazing business partner for 15 years in business. People always look at me like, Oh my God, like how have you maintained it for that long? I'm like, wow, we worked at it and it's been a difference maker every step of the way. Cause there was always somebody that had your back that they knew you had their back and vice versa and that makes a big difference when you're going it, going it alone and making those decisions but you didn't feel like it was only your decision which is which is an interesting psychology to that right it's empowering or it, it can be <laughs> or yeah. maybe less that not as so much empowering as it is less defeating <laughs> when you're like oh my god this is all on me if i screw this up the world's gonna end no it probably won't and i have partners that are backing me up that's huge so from a funding perspective not to get into the details but uh some of these partners were also funding partners like the you know, did you have to go out and get more funding to make that pivot? Or was that something you were able to do with your existing setup? Because I also think that can be a big difference maker for that entrepreneur being able to make that decision or not. Mm -hmm. We funded the company ourselves. So we got off the ground ourselves. um, And then we were lucky enough to be able to support the model 
that first year. But we, when I made that pivot, well, yeah, I, I kind of ran us down to making that call <laughs> you, to, the, to, to the account. Are we going to make payroll or am I going to have to do something? So yeah, you had one of those, I, you, I, had, you had that entrepreneur moment. Are they, will, I I, will I make yeah. payroll tomorrow? I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and then we did get a little bit more funding, uh, friends and family around. So that was really helpful. That got us just a little bit to get us over the the, the hump because okay. it's it was a pretty long sales cycle and that's what we didn't anticipate was we had to rebuild the the programs we had to get all the medical components built and then our sales cycle was longer than expected yeah right mm. so yes and did, did you was, did the customer did your ideal customer profile change significantly before from more of the a la carte customer to when you started putting the more programmed like intentionally designed programs together Definitely, because okay. we targeted people at that. We were able to target people at that, at that point that had current concerns. The bi- you know the big ones being from about thirty five forty. We start to everybody starts to see those little declines in energy, or their hormones are shifting, and they need support there. And so to be able to let people know, hey, we're we've got a ton of expertise in hormone replacement therapies especially the new techniques that are coming uh, through. And we're able to support gut health and we're able to support some of those cognitive concerns that people have. It it really changed the customer profile. But before we move on, I do want to say something about funding. Please. Mm -hmm. And... And that is there. There's benefits to being call it overfunded, and benefits to bootstrapping it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm a little bit more biased towards the bootstrapping because that's what we did. But it also allowed us to create a much more efficient business right out of the gate and really test our model and our you know profitability and our margins and think about some of those things that maybe you do a little bit later if you're well funded right out of the gate and. So I think ultimately it helped us. Oh, well, I'll speak to that a little bit as well, or kind of give my, my two cents strictly from the, the guests I talked to. And one of the conversations I have with a lot of ECs, well, what's changed? You know, the funding, the world of funding is dried up a little bit. Evaluations have come down. And most of them say, well, listen, Tyler, we're now focusing on businesses to actually getting to be a viable business, not just getting to their next round of funding. Because it's a very different mindset. And when you're in a small business or you're in the situation you were in, it wasn't about, oh, I'm just going to get it big enough so I can just raise my next, I can do my series A or my series. You were all about how do I create an actual viable business model? which to me inherently creates more of a bootstrap mindset of like, we're only going to do it if it's going to drive value. We're not going to waste, we're not going to waste a dollar because we don't have a dollar to waste because your motivations were a viable business, not just your next round. And I think that that's what I've heard from a lot of VCs recently, especially the early stage. They're like, we've just gotten back to like, hey, is this actually a legit business? Or are we just like, creating an awesome pitch deck and raising money. And I'm oversimplifying. There's a lot of nuance in between, but I like, I, I, I allocate or annotate bootstrapping to like, this has to be viable or it's not going to work. <laughs> and we're not just going to go get another round to help push us forward through our reckless decision-making. <laughs> 100%. And we've, you know, we've talked to other founders who've maybe been a bit more funded and, and they've shared their challenges about some of the overspending and maybe not having as tight a team and a hundred percent agree with you. Like your business has to work yeah. and I, I, maybe it's the bricks and mortar mindset because that's our business that, that we started with, but we really walked into it, wanting it to work. And then knowing that when we go for funding, it's going to be to do big things. 
because right. we have something that works. And they're not just going to look at your future potential. They're going to look at how viable you've been and what your balance sheet and your P&L actually look like right now, right? Correct. <laughs> not yes. like what it might not what it might look like to, to you. So you mean you're not, you don't have a private jet and a gold-plated bathroom? I watched the, uh, the WeWork documentary not long ago. So <laughs> you didn't, you, you're not doing, you're not, you're not holding private retreats at your own private island? <laughs> yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not, not yet. That's a <laughs> good answer. Not yet. But you are doing some epic mountain bike uh, adventures. So I can, because I follow you on, on social. I do love social media because you get everyone's highlight reel. And and I, especially when you know the person, you know their highlight reel actually is legit. They're not just paying to look like they're going down a mountain on a mountain bike. You are legit doing it. So I do love oh, that it's about hard you. To that. It yeah. is. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah. Because it will bite you if you do. Um, you're also, your business is very capital intensive. Like talking about the type of business, use the word bricks and mortar a lot from the perspective of, yeah, we have a location and we had to do our reno and we had to do our tenant improvements and we had to do all that stuff. But the gear that you have to be able to get the results that you get was that was that double again what's your ti like i'm just curious from i know when i was in the gym business like whatever your rent was that's probably what your equipment like um lease payment would be because you had to build out the space look amazing but then you had to fill it with equipment not to compare you to a gym but the stuff you have is very bleeding edge and i'm guessing they don't give it away for cheap or free <laughs> it is not cheap i will tell you that <laughs> I, yes, yes i, I so you know we found a, some go ahead yeah go ahead no, I was gonna say we found some we found some nice pieces that are a little bit more accessible, but our core uh, key pieces of equipment they're not cheap to purchase, and then there's there's subscription because they're all connected to either That's AI right. or some sort of computer based um, algorithm. That's right. So, so you're getting on the monthly. That's right. I have I, I I liked one of your pieces of equipment so much. I bought it for my house. And every month in a while, I just see that little monthly charge. And I'm like, oh, you, ah, it's a good business model. I see how you. Yeah, I didn't only buy the thing, but I'm constantly paying to have access to the to the caliber of this device that I now have in my home, inspired by you. So I kind of blame you and thank you at the same time. But hey, let's, you're um, you made another comment about Canada's leading and how much of a risk did it feel like to you because. And again, where does this fit into the world of healthcare, you know, in its traditional format in Canada, which we all have an expectation that it's free and it's accessible and it's there versus private healthcare, which is a very touchy subject to even talk about versus taking charge of your own journey and empowering and like, where do you fit in that? And how was that for a perspective of like, are Canadians actually going to get behind this idea? And I'm asking you like seven questions at once, I realize, but it's a bit of a complex Venn diagram of healthcare in Canada <laughs> and free and pay and self-directed and just doing what my doctor tells me. It's true. And I mean, I think it starts with Canada always takes a lot longer to adopt. So I would start there in that we, you know, you can see models like ours in the US, you can see protocols and technologies like ours in Europe. And we, Canada just, it, it takes a long time for us to get on the band, bandwagon. And I i just wasn't willing to wait that long. I'm like, I'm going to be 70 <laughs> by the time they're trying to do long. Spoken like a care. true entrepreneur, Lisa. Spoken like yeah. a true entrepreneur. And I just would not accept those that as an answer. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, we're very uniquely positioned because a lot of what we do falls outside of traditional healthcare. Hmm. So coming into a facility, having a coach that's supporting you with, you know, say AI-based fitness technology, doing that minimum effective dose workout so that we know, hey, you're getting good bone density, you're getting good cardio, um, working with your nutritionist, then doing some recovery with us, right? Using a red light bed or doing some automated lymphatic drainage 
maybe working on your mental health, doing some new calm using, maybe using a psychedelic um, to support some of your health goals. That's very unique. That's not currently covered by um, provincial healthcare, uh, but we do leverage some of the physician services that everyone has access to because we all are paying into public health. We don't want to be having people be charged twice, so to speak, okay. for, yeah. So, yeah. for some of the the services we offer. So we do we do try to leverage um, some of the public system where we can. But the majority, I mean, even hormone replacement therapy in Canada, um, especially if you aren't doing it because you have a true problem. Mm-hmm. Um, isn't covered. Op- optimization and health span yeah. versus lifespan versus like, well, there's nothing wrong with you. We've all been, well, you know, can someone help me interpret my blood panel? Well, no, why would you want that? You're fine. Just go away. Like, you know, and exactly. I'm, I'm not trying to, to speak disparagingly about our healthcare system, but for those of us who want to go a little bit deeper, it's not set up for that. Mm-hmm. No, we have a, an incredible sick care system. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you get in a car accident, you want to be here, like we're there. The emergency services are phenomenal. If you get cancer, you know we've got Tom, the Tom Baker is phenomenal. It's it's the, when you start looking at the symptoms that we're told are normal. Well, I'm tired all the time. Um, you know, I'm. Oh, it's just because you're I'm getting moody. older. I've got anxiety. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah exactly. Unacceptable no, answer for me. Unacceptable. Your hormones are changing. You're not feeling the same way. You're, you 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 get to see your performance shift while your blood markers stay good enough and good um, enough, and that's yeah. not the sort of thing that's that um, your family physician is is looking at it or is able to look at so we we like to augment that so if you think about going to a specialist that's what that's what we're doing so family doctors refer all the time to specialists mm-hmm. um, and in in this case they they may be referring for <clears throat> additional hor- hormone support or for longevity support so powerful. So really, really unrelated, but an accompaniment. Like exactly, if I fall down the stairs and break my leg, I'm probably not going to go see you at Eon. I'm going to go to the doctor and they're going to do a great job and, fi- and fix me up. But if I'm just like those little nagging, and as well, what, what's the age range of your patients? Because I think that ties into a little bit of like, hmm, I don't feel like I used to feel and I want to feel that way again, <laughs> that I think many of us as we get older can relate to. Well, this one might be interesting for your listeners because we thought that our target audience would be the baby boomers. You know, they've got time, they've got money, they want to be hopefully doing a lot more golf, playing with their grandkids, living as long as, as they can. And so that's that was our original hypothesis. What turned out was people aged 35 to 55 really were our audience hmm. because they noticed the changes in themselves they were listening to podcasts like this and hearing about new things and wondering where the heck they could access yeah, get them. access to that thing. Yeah. yeah. And they were willing to to try something new, something different. And you know, they they kind of got, well, if I do the same thing over and over, I'm not going to get a new result. And and we're willing to make that change. And so those are then they might bring their parents. Then we might get access to the baby boomer generation that way, but yeah, it's really our generation, Gen Xers um, and younger, that uh, re- have 
have caught on to this. Well, there's and a different willing to accept the regular aging process. Yeah, and there's such a different access to information. Podcasters, influencers, like they're like you can't go anywhere and you're going to trip over. Someone's like, oh, I've listened to the Hooperman say this, or even someone was on Rogan and they said this, and the carnivore guy and like the whole crew. But I look at my dad; that is so not on his radar. Like he's just going to go to his doctor, get his checks, and if everything's fine, he's good. Like there isn't even really a thought to go back down that road where I'm like, oh, you could benefit from all these things, but he's just not open to it. It's not on his. It's not his mindset, and that's an interesting i i if anyone knows me knows i used to work in fitness and it's that thing that so many people need that they they don't necessarily understand or or, or are willing to take the effort but a younger generation we're just there we're empowered in a different way of like this is not acceptable i want to take matters into my own hands a lot of my older friends are like well it's just the way it is you know i tried to take care of myself my doctor says this is what i need to do and they kind of stop there where my generation younger that's a very different conversation or certainly people i hang out with they're always trying to hack some aspect of their life to be better <laughs> that's right mm-hmm. and we're we're so we're heavily influenced mm-hmm. by the you know the, the names that you brought up and, 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 and i just skirted because, the surface yeah just, there's absolutely many of those you know the, the peter atias the david sinclair's the humans and and we're influenced because those are the influencers who ha- have inspired me my partners to want better. the services we offer i mean mm-hmm. i'm I'm my number one customer half the time. <laughs> which I love, which I love. I, I know you drink your own Kool-Aid. And so let's geek out a little bit. What are you, uh, you've talked a little bit about some of the different things you have, and I've experienced many of them. Like they're all awesome in their own way. Like the Newcom for mental health. Like I do recommend going in and not riding the ride, but it is fun to go and get out, go, whoa, this is available. And it's available here in Calgary too. I want to put an asterisk on that. But I know you're always a couple steps ahead in terms of what you're curious about in terms of health optimization or biohacking to use an also very common term these days. So what are you uh, geeking out on right now, uh, Lisa? Oh, man. A, f- a few things. So you actually can't come see us to ride the rides. I'll start okay, there. good. All right. So you, you straightened ha- me you out there. To, good. You have to come through a health assessment. Okay. And, and, and I always start there because it's the number one thing. I just finished mine, um, which is you asked what I'm doing. Nice. I just finished my annual health assessment. I try to do it every year because by my age, things change every year. It's something new. It's like, oh, great. Okay. Now what are we going <laughs> to you know, shift our focus on? Yeah. So everybody starts with a health assessment. I'm no different. And so this year, uh, coming out of my health assessment, which gave me my blood work, uh, my body scan, Usually I do a strength test. I, I skipped that one this year. Because it, uh, it's so much fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, nothing, nothing's ever easy. You don't get a free lunch. Um, but the I worked with our naturopathic doctor, which is kind of the first stop on the, the health assessment, is that you go through your blood work with our naturopathic doctor. Look at what could you do naturally right, to influence mm, okay. your health outcomes. What, what are some of the lifestyle interventions or supplements you could use? So I, I've switched up my supplement regime this year. I'm really focused on mitochondria health because mm-hmm. I finally feel well enough to really get back into my sports and my outdoor pursuits. And so I want high performance there and I need strong mitochondria to do that. And there's a whole slew of cool supplements that really support mitochondrial health. And I think mitochondrial health is the one thing that everybody universally remembers from grade nine biology class, that it's the powerhouse of the cell. It's like, I think that's just a universal that we, that's the one thing many people remember from biology class. And if you're going to remember something, that's a good one because yep. <laughs> the entire body runs on what's called ATP. And that's the energy currency of the body. And mitochondria is what's 
pumping that out. So if you can get better, better cell recovery, um, stronger mitochondria, more mitochondria, you're going to have more energy. You're going to be able to put out more watts, more power, uh, and you're just going to, and you're not going to, you're not going to age the same way that you have. You're, you're, so you're, you're going to do more, feel better doing it and look younger in the process. See, it's like, who doesn't right. want, who doesn't want those three things? Who doesn't want that? <laughs> so, so that's number one is I've got, I think two or three key supplements that I've switched to, to, to try to boost that. Then I, then I moved over to the end of my health assessment, which was with our medical doctor and she's saying, I have my same health goals. I want this better performance, but she's, she's looking at my hormone profile. So I'm actually doing a bit of testosterone this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's super low. Like many women forget about that. Like it's all about estrogen and what's happening totally. with your estrogen and progesterone. But if your testosterone has dropped, which it does as you age as well, um, you know, your energy drops, your libido drops, your, uh, ability to, to, build muscle which is something that was key for me well and for women that's and that's often overlooked into strength training and the ability to build muscle effectively how that contributes to bone density and just long-term health and i think those are old stereotypes about women and muscle which as soon as you get into athletics or any type of activity muscle is really key to the whole party right or a big factor that's going to allow you to feel strong to do these things like throw yourself down a mountain on a mountain bike (laughs) it's a huge factor huge in longevity and so we do actually do a lot to to keep people pushing their hardest and building muscle keeping their bone density because those are the things that go as you age mm-hmm. so so yeah that's the, that's the next biohacks or i've got i've got two more do you want to hear the whole i do absolutely if they're okay. we're 20 we're 30 minutes in if there's if the audience is still listening it's because they're interested <laughs> all right so so after that the other thing that starts to to shift as you age and i, I mean i'm only in my old, early 40s so this is just the tip of the iceberg any physician, like my family doctor definitely thinks I'm fine in this area, but I have seen my cholesterol increase. I've seen, um, some of those markers start to shift. And I know I have a family history of high cholesterol and some heart disease. And so I tested my, um, did a few extra tests. Actually, they're, they're part of our main panel that we've added this year to look at cardiovascular health. And sure enough, I'm in some of the higher risk categories for, the potential to have cardiovascular disease later in life and the best time to like, nobody should ever die of a heart attack anymore. Like we have so much good medicine. And so if you start early, uh, even earlier than me, but like early as in, in, in your forties, you can really prevent any risk um, of heart disease. And so I'm, I'm looking at that as well. Uh, some medication there just from a pure prevention perspective um, for for that risk. And I love the journey you shared around the combination of like the naturopath and the, and I don't want to use the word traditional, but medical practitioner hanging out together. Because oftentimes there's been lots of eye rolls from those two communities at the other one of like, oh, that's witch doctor enough. We don't want to talk about that in the traditional medical system or really balancing out. So what I love, and I went through your assessment, sort of my wife around looking at the whole picture and the possibility of what's there versus like, oh, this philosophy is bad or this philosophy is good. Because I know everything you do is very science-based, but the way you merge those two worlds, I think is also very unique. You don't, you don't encounter that very often, or I haven't anyways. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that was a personal pet peeve of mine because <laughs> I was always taking my, you know, I became the conduit between those two services, which was extremely frustrating because, you know, you're the patient, you just want people to care for you. And and so having a co-care team has really been a big differentiator for us. 
and they, they they love working together like the the team we have i mean they they learn from each other they build off each other it's it's phenomenal how's it been for you recruiting and getting the right people on board because like what you said right there that's a shared philosophy and a shared value from maybe two technically oriented backgrounds where i'm assuming your hiring process those people probably gravitate really heavily towards your model and other people that just wouldn't be a right fit so has that been a has that helped you with the hiring and recruiting because of what you stand for it has, but it's also required that we be very selective. Mm, I would imagine. So on both sides, because we, the, you know the naturopathic space has a pretty wide spectrum, <laughs> um, you know, which can range from very non-traditional homeopathic. Well, and, and, still, and, I don't know. <laughs> anti, anti, almost anti-traditional. <laughs> That's right, and then all the way to scientific. So we do err on the side of like we've specifically found very evidence-based science-based uh, naturopathic doctors. Uh, that's that's just how we run our business. Mm-hmm. But they're big believers in a holistic approach, a natural approach. What are what are the the supplements you can use, the foods you can eat to support your health? And then at the same time, we're looking for medical doctors who are are willing to be open-minded. And the longevity space is good for that because you have to be willing to, as a medical doctor to think through risk profiles because a lot of the new protocols have a ton of research behind them but aren't necessarily in the textbooks in school i mean it takes 30 years for research to get there so we want doctors that are reading the new research that are listening to the same podcast we are just for inspiration (laughs) right but then we'll go and dig in and do the work and um, we've been really lucky to find physicians like that Ironically, uh, a few you find uh, the, the the good risk profile if they're urgent care or ER doctors. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're used to having to make smart decisions on the fly, take some risks, do the right thing for a patient. So some of that can help. But we've also found some some good family based medicine doctors as well. Like anything, when, you, when you're clear on who you want and what your values of your organization are, what you stand for, it's a lot easier to hire. doesn't mean there's a lot of them out there, but it's easy to say, yeah, you might be great over here, but that's not the right fit for us. And knowing that culture and knowing what you stand for is so critical, especially in the early days when it's a little bit fluid, right? Yes. To any new startup, it's worth spending the time on your core values. It really is. <laughs> Which so easily, and and they might evolve and they might shift. Core values, I find, tend to stick around a little bit longer. What's our purpose? What's our mission? What the thing we're trying to solve in the world or how we're trying to solve it? Maybe that's what shifts more often. If that, that core purpose is there and those core values are there, like even your, how you how you decided to solve it was a significant pivot at the early stage of your business, but it never changed why you got into this and what mattered to you and what you were trying to do in the world. That that stayed the same. You just tried to, you just found a better way to do it <laughs> with your that's program right. base versus how. your card. Yes. And being okay that the how is going to change and expect it to change. And you didn't get it right or got it wrong. You're just learning. <laughs> you're just learning. Right. Um, you're expanding to a second facility, a second, you're growing into a larger facility in Calgary. And not to maybe uh, unpack the five year plan too much, but is this multiple locations across Canada? Is this, we want to really nail it down and make sure every single Albertan is the healthiest they can be that we can influence? Like, what, what do you see as the future from a growth perspective? We've always framed our, our mission around wanting to be the, the Mayo Clinic of our genre. Mm. And the Mayo Clinic to most civilians means a highly credible, reputable um, place to go when you've got some specific issues. And it's not, it's not the McDonald's of healthcare. 
it's it's specialized it's focused and and that's us so we we want core locations across canada where people can come and access longevity and and optimization care i appreciate that and and are we on plan? Are we on timeline? Because I know you have a project management background, so I know you've got a spreadsheet somewhere that lays out exactly when this is also going to happen. How, how are you doing against your what you initially thought from a timeline perspective? I was probably overly optimistic. No way. Not, not an entrepreneur who's overly optimistic. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. I, I think so overly we optimistic. expanded outside of Calgary had we not outgrown our location. Oh, and I okay. think what we realized was while we thought, well, we wanted Calgary to be our pilot location. It turned out that Calgarians have a, a big appetite for this Amazing. type of service. And it's a great place to test out our new programs because we're all here. Um, so let's have a great facility where we can not only service Calgarians, but we can try when we want to launch a new program, like we are um, coming up in September, we're able to try it out right here locally. Yeah, you got to live it. And yeah. from a patient perspective, do you have patients coming from mainly in the city? Do people drive? Like, obviously, if something specialized like this, you start to see more destination where people will go out of their way to seek it out. And it's not like a gym that if it's outside of 10 minutes from your house, you're probably going to go away less. This feels this is a lot more purpose driven in my mind, thinking about just the business model of where your customers could come from. It is for sure. We've yeah. seen people come from all all around Calgary. Uh, and in fact, Red Deer, uh, Golden, but and the good thing is, while well, you do have to come in at some point, look, we we need especially during the assessment. There is a hands-on component you. for sure. There yeah. is a hands-on yeah, component. Yeah, yeah. Not there are people who like to join the facility, come in weekly, twice a week for yep. their treatments to see their health, their nutritionist, their fitness coach. But there's a, we we have remote programs as well. And there's, I mean, that's the world we live in now, right? Telemedicine, it is, it is, yeah, uh, online. So, so we've got both options, which I think is fantastic because so much. It's always about access, right? Like, can, can you know, can I afford it? Can I make it there? Can I get to this facility? I might have the need, but it's just not available to me because I'm in Red Deer and it's far away. I do love the accessibility and and understanding that there is some in person, but being able to create more access for people that have this need or desire or passion or passion to pursue with you. I love it. I do love that aspect. And I do thank COVID very much for opening that door even wider. It was a journey we were on as, 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 a, as a, as a, as a race of people of just getting access to digital, but COVID let's be honest, accelerated the whole thing for sure. Especially around, especially around especially health. in medicine. Yeah, exactly. You mean medicine really takes a big left hook to change? What? <laughs> I did it. I, and uh, the blatant plug for They Just Get It, Dr. Bastian, who's your medical director, I had him on recently and he talked about his journey from like being a, you know, traditional, working in the traditional healthcare system to getting more involved in health span and longevity and the ability around prevention. He really laid it out quite nicely and kind of gave his perspective on even our current medical system and why there's a place for this and why they're both different and why they have different values, which I, th- I thought he did. It was very fair because <laughs> it's easy to kind of attack the healthcare system because it's slow and it's all these things, but it does serve an incredibly, we're incredibly fortunate as Canadians to have it. So therefore we complain about it in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we're all part of the same pie. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, and, and there, there is no criticism. It's, this is, this is just more for people. 
And I do believe if we all take a little bit more responsibility, this is my soapbox moment, of our own health, maybe we won't have to go to the medical system, the traditional medical system for triage because we've taken care of ourselves. We did our oil changes and we rotated our tires and we took care of the vehicle that we we moved through the world in all the time. Oftentimes we take better care of our... um, our cars than we do ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And uh, I, I, I love it. Um, someone wants to come in, they want to get an assessment, they're curious, they're, they were on the fence or they're finally like, whoa, I didn't even know this was available. Go to your website, click. Is it, is it, is it that easy? It's that easy. Awesome. Uh, and we have uh, a book online info call that people can have access to. Nice. I, I think that's a great way to start because it's always nice to talk to a live person, get them to answer your questions and then you know, if you, if you want to move forward from there, they're right there to help you. So it's hit our website. The, the thing about Eon is we decided to use the British spelling. So it's A E O N. So if you, if you're Googling for us, A E O N is yes, what you need to use future health, future, futurehealth.com. You guys have a great site. You give it lots of information on there. And what if somebody, what if somebody was just dying to have a chat with you? Do you have a, do you, do you put it out there? Do you like reach out to you on LinkedIn? Like what's your, per- there's a million ways to get hold of people, but what's your preferred? Mm. Me personally, um, I'm I'm on Instagram, so cool. I, I actually I love DMs. You have if a great Instagram. I, I highly recommend to follow you. You have great adventures. You have uh, an awesome dog that goes on adventures with you. It's very fun to watch you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't do just all health on on my Instagram. I like. I like the adventure side. So well, yeah, which is the which is there. the outcome of good health, right? Like that is a that is an end result. You are living the best life based on the fact that you've taken care of your health in a way that and you know. And if anyone wants to go a little bit of Lisa's story, please check out. They just get it. We did an episode a few years ago. It's kind of when we first met about your own health journey of how this was very and you alluded to it today was a personal quest first that became a passion, which became a business and became a lifestyle for, across the board for you. So I really encourage people to go check it out. You do have a very um, inspiring story and anyone who knows you knows that this is all this is from the heart for you <laughs> for sure thank you yes it, it really is yeah and i, I appreciate and it's it it's an it, ongoing it, journey i'm by <laughs> no means i'm not fixed <laughs> it's an ongoing process. oh lisa we're all broken yeah. it's just admitting that and then working on it <laughs> but it's an inspiration i think it really shows up in your business and the people that you've hired and i've met a lot of your team and your core values of who you are and the person i know and i, I say that with a lot of compliment because it takes a lot of heart and soul to start a business from scratch especially something you were just so uniquely passionate about on your own journey and then turn it into a viable business that other people can benefit from. So I give you huge props on that. Thank you. And I'm so empathetic to that journey. So, you know, when you say, hey, reach out, 100% people can reach out to me for health reasons, but I'm also pretty open about the business and I know what it's what it means to have people to talk to. So <laughs> I'm always open to that as well. Uh, thank you for putting that out there. Well, I selfishly get to chat with you often and I really enjoy it. This was fun. Thanks for coming on the show. And I look forward to seeing your future adventures on Instagram. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for having me.